Welcome to Chicana and Latina Moms Podcast. This is our podcast. Un lugar donde hablaremos sobre la salud mental, cultura, como chicanas and Latina moms. La importancia de self-love, self-care, self-compassion. Y el recordatorio que somos chingonas. Y que esta es una revolución y una evolución para crear la mejor versión de nuestro ser. Because we can. Because calladitas, no more. You're listening to Chicana and Latina Moms podcast. The content is not intended to replace or substitute for any professional counseling or therapeutic advice. Hey, my Chicana and Latina sisters, please do not forget to leave a review and give me your feedback. I would really appreciate it. This also helps other new listeners know what we're about. Gracias. Hola, Tina Beth, ¿cómo estás? De lo más bien, Amapola, ¿y tú? ¿Todo bien? Bien, sí, muchas gracias por hacer el tiempo. You know, you made it happen. I mean, I, we made it happen with the schedule, but, you know, we did it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, no, thank you. So um, I'm excited, you know, for the listeners to hear about you. Um, and I guess let's start off, like, ¿quién es Tina Beth? Like, ¿quién eres? Well, uh, Tina Beth Pina was born and raised in Easton, Pennsylvania. I'm a half Puerto Rican, half Dominican. My mom's from Puerto Rico. My dad's from the Dominican Republic. And I was born in an area in Pennsylvania where at the time there weren't any Latinos there. So we were one of very, very few. Um, one of very few in my school. I went to Catholic school. There weren't very many. I graduated with a class of like 80 kids, 85 kids. Oh. So there weren't very many. Um, but that never stopped me from achieving anything. Um, when I was younger, my parents instilled in me, they're like, look, you physically look different than all the other kids here. So they're already going to look at you and consider that like, you know, a negative. So don't let that bother you and always strive to be the very best that you can be no matter what. And that was always instilled in me. And I've just always worked very hard since then. Wow. So a little slice of who I am. Yeah, the persistency, right? The morals and the culture and, you know, um, going through a lot, right? Because morenas, you know, that causes sometimes like, oh, wait, you're not white. It's like, yeah, I'm not, but it's okay, right? Like, you know, and it is. But I say it in that matter of question, because sometimes growing up as teenagers, sometimes it's like, you know, like, oh, man, I wish I was lighter or, but as we get older and depending on how our parents continue to say no this is who you are and love yourself as is yeah right but yeah it's it's really awesome and totally yeah yeah so um what are some positive like strengths about you as a latina um i'm definitely a go-getter I don't take no for an answer. Um, I'm a, I have a very good work ethic. Uh, and again, that just goes back to my parents always instilling that in me. I'm the baby of three girls. So my two sisters are a lot older than me. So it's almost like I had three moms. Oh. And so I would always also, not only did I almost have three moms, but it's kind of like, I also competed with them because I was so much younger. And then being the youngest, you kind of know like what to do and what not to do. Yeah. So because of that, that just instilled, I think, a lot of qualities in me that not only helped me, you know, in your formative years when you're in school, but they kind of also translate it into your professional career as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Everything that we pick up and it just kind of like goes over. Yeah. Yeah, I like how you said that about, you know, not taking no for an answer. Yeah. And it's the same. And if I there's something I want and I can't find another way. I'll just create it myself. Yep. So it's, it, that's awesome. I like that. You know, I can totally relate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And I know, you know, you're a host at a show, right? Latinas. Tell us about that. Well, Latinas is a show that I had wanted to create for years. Um, my college thesis was all about the underrepresentation and misrepresentation of Latinos in mainstream media. So when I started working in television, whenever I had an opportunity to feature Latinos in any way, shape or form, I always did. Uh, and then years later, uh, the opportunity came at the channel that I'm at now. And they're like, hey, you know how you always wanted to do that show about Latino, anything Latino? And I was like, yeah. They're like, here, do something. And I was like, really? Because I was I was going to leave and they didn't want me to leave. And so they kind of dangled that uh, carrot in front yeah. of me and I, I snatched that carrot. I was like, okay. I'm like, now's my time to do it. So <laughs> the show is pretty much like um, if you were to see Glamour magazine or Cosmo magazine, whatever magazine on television. So uh, it's a show that an 18 year old girl could watch with her mom and her grandma and all three women will get something out of it. So a sample episode would be um, the one that we did uh, just last month. We hosted it out of a flower shop um, in Manhattan so, because spring had sprung. So we had a segment there about how to create a garden in your own apartment because sometimes New York City apartments are very small. So yeah. you have spaces for nature and for plants and for flowers to thrive so we did um an interview with a latino um flower designer slash gardener in the city to give us tips then we had another correspondent who's latina who did a, a piece about um cannabis restaurants because now uh, marijuana is legal in new york state mm -hmm. so um there's the, what they call consumption lounges so they create food with THC in it. Um, so that was a very interesting segment because that lounge is, was created and is managed by a Latina. Then we had another Latina correspondent doing a story about religion and how a lot of Latinos are moving away from Catholicism into other religions, which was actually very interesting. Yeah. Did a piece with a, a Latina student talking about how she finds the SATs racist, uh, which was very interesting. And a piece about an established uh, Latina designer. There's a profile on her and how she does very colorful and um, up and coming designs. And a piece on Las Patronas, um, these ladies in, in Mexico who uh, throw basically food and water at immigrants who are on this train called the Bestia as they go into the United States trying to find a better life for, for their families. So you see how there's all different types of segments in there and that's what we do every month. And it airs here um, in New York City, but it's also available on YouTube for people to watch. Wow, that is really awesome because yeah. it's bringing them on in different things, you know? Yeah. Technology is like, hey, we do things too. <laughs> Yeah. And what's nice is, you know, every month there's different stories. It could be something fashion related. It could be something financially related. We do things called the medical minute where this doctor gives us tips on, you know, how to deal with children who have autism or on the autistic, autistic spectrum, how to deal with um, mental health awareness, especially now in May, which is mental health awareness month. Um, it could be how to deal with your finances because lots of times as Latinos and a lot of people overall just don't know how to deal with their finances well. Yeah. It, it runs a gamut. It's, it's everything. And what's interesting too is you don't have to be Latina to watch the show. Like anybody can watch it and is going to get something from it, but it just happens to be from the Latino lens. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the more people that watch it realize that, you know, we're all connected. We all have two arms, two legs, one heart. We're all the same at the end of the day. We just might have a different cultural background, but we all have the same interests, the same likes, the same types of careers so that we can all relate. So that's what's been so nice and satisfying and gratifying doing the show. Yeah, that's really nice. It's very educational. And mm -hmm. obviously, you know, to continue to, to grow um, and rise as a community, we need to mm -hmm. implement that knowledge. And it's really awesome that through your platform, that's being done like pretty much nationwide where anyone can watch it. It's on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's really, really awesome. What are some things that you have found like challenging um, doing this work as a Latina? Uh, it's whether you're Latina or not, it's a very competitive business. Um, sometimes 
because I think back in the day, um, my name, Pina, is is not, I guess for some people, it doesn't roll off their lips or they don't say Pina, they'll say Pina. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why my mom named me Tina Beth um, because she figured if it was just Tina, Tina, people would be like, Tina, Pina, Tina, Pina. When if you're oh. actually supposed to be saying it, it's Tina Pina, but she purposely named me Tina Beth altogether so that people wouldn't find a reason or kids wouldn't find a reason to make fun of you when you're a little. Oh. So um, the the name thing can be an issue in television. I don't know if it is so much now as it was, let's say, 20, 30, 40 years ago when they make people change their last name or have a more anglicized name. Mm-hmm. But I purposely have not changed my name. That's the name of my birth certificate, Tina Bethpina. And I've never anglicized it. I've always made it a point. People say Pina. And I'm like, no, it's actually Pina. And then I was related to a Pina Colada. And when you say that, they're like, oh, I love oh. That. <laughs> that is. And I'm like, oh. They okay. get it. <laughs> they get it. Of course they do. Um, but for me, I don't know if it's so much any issues that I've had in my career mm-hmm. as much as issues or perceptions that people have of you growing up and or in the career that you choose to be sometimes you know I'm a woman I'm a minority of a certain ethnicity so right there unfortunately and realistically those at many times and at certain parts of my life have been a drawback because people may not you know see you um as fit for a certain career or they don't just see you a certain way. And then, so for me, that's just always been a reason to work harder to get to whatever it is that I've had to work, you know, where I want to land, where I want to go. So it's, it's funny when you ask me, you know, what drawbacks there have been, I think I'm just so, well, this is sad to say, but I think I'm so accustomed to it that it hasn't really been a drawback. It's kind of been, it's just my way of life. And then it kind of just forces me to work harder to yeah. just get where I need to go but it's the truth it's like I don't dwell in that I'm like yeah if you think about it I guess there's this 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 and that but I try not to think about it and just move forward but it's always kind of been there and I just kind of always just moved beyond Does yeah yeah no yeah it's definitely it definitely makes sense now have you ever felt imposter syndrome actually no and I think the problem my problem is that I'm crazy. <laughs> so, so lots of times for me, it's like, oh yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I belong there. Yeah, whatever. And I'll figure it out. That's, I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know if that's a bad thing. I, I just know that um, for whatever reason, I've always been a very confident individual. And I don't know why. Lots of times, you know, my mother will tell me different which is funny because Latina mothers can sometimes be different than other types of moms. <laughs> yeah. So my mom is like, Nana, why are you doing that? No, 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 don't do that. That's not for you. And I was like, why? I'm doing it anyway. And I would just do it. And, but I didn't think anything of it. So even though sometimes you would have someone, someone say to you, you know, maybe that's not for you. Maybe you shouldn't be doing that. Maybe you should think of something else. I was just always like, why? And I would just go ahead and do it. And thankfully, those types of things have always worked out for me. Looking back, I'm like, I'm a little nuts. I Maybe I shouldn't have done, done that or gone that way. <laughs> but I don't know any different. I just know that if I want to achieve something, I figure out the formula to get there and achievement, regardless of what anybody says. I like I, I have blinders on and I like have earmuffs on and I don't listen. And I just kind of forge ahead. I realize now, because my husband's told me this, he's like, you are a little strange. You're a little different. He's like, you don't listen to people. And I was like, yeah, why should I? Um, but that's, again, I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know if that's a bad thing, but the imposter syndrome thing, I've never quite uh, suffered from it. But like I said, I think it's because of my makeup and it's a little like odd. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I asked that because my like majority of Latinas, I mean, I think I've, I have felt, you know, that imposter syndrome, like, like I feel like well, not all the time, but I've been there where it's like, okay, I feel like I don't belong in this, in this space, but then I'm like, no one's telling me, I think it's just me. So I have to kind of like self, you know, therapy myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, a lot of Latinas will say I have imposter syndrome and 
the spaces I'm in corporate or, you know, companies and um, it can be from even like the PTA group at my child's school. And if, so I'm like, it's, it's interesting, but I think because it's something new that we put ourselves out there. Cause I know like my, my parents are Mexican. So uh, my parents, my mom, my dad would work a lot. So my mom would not go to these mom gatherings and coffee and things like that. Right. Because for her, it was like, pues no sé inglés y no sé de qué dicen, you know, um, so I'm pretty sure at some point she's like, I didn't feel like I belong. So I grew up kind of seeing her like always like, no, me da vergüenza. I mean, I soy aventada when I was shy. I was really, really shy when I was little. Now soy aventada y me vale, como dice, me vale más. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, but, you know, I think like what you said, you know, it's like that confidence that it's like, no, like, también eres aventada, like, and you'll do it. Even like you said, people say, why are you doing it? Well, watch me, <laughs> you know? And I think for me too, because I grew up as the one that was not like the other, there's never really been a point for me to suffer from imposter syndrome because I've always not belonged. So it's kind of like, that doesn't occur to me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I, that's why I think I've always had to like, kind of just forge ahead and, and then improve that I do have a seat at the table. And yeah. in fact, I'm creating my own table. Come, come join me type of thing. So, and I think that's where that comes from. I think that's why it's always been hard for me to wrap my head around that concept of imposter syndrome, because I've always been the one not like the other. So I think if you, if you think about it that way, you shouldn't think of yourself as an imposter. You're, you, it's almost should be like, why are you guys with me versus why am I with you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Shifting it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why I said, that's when it goes back to my weirdness. And how I think. <laughs> I don't always think like everybody else. <laughs> the, the uniqueness, because everyone's so different, right? You have yeah. this way of just pushing yourself through. And it's like, no, like I belong here now and, and forever. Because we do. It's interesting, mm -hmm. right? I heard, I saw a quote that said, like, la que puede, puede. Y la que no, la ayudamos a que se ponga las pilas. And like, hey, come with me. I got you. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, yeah. And, si no, you know, then nos quedamos... We don't want to stay behind and just kind of be like shy. Like, well, for me, like sometimes seeing my mother always like, no, you know, hablo, habla con ellos, you know, and translate. And I was like seven. And it's like, oh my God, I don't know what else they're saying, mom. Like, come on, this is immigration right here. I don't know. Yeah. Dating, but yeah. I don't know how my mom did it because my parents moved from New York City to where I grew up in Pennsylvania. And at the time, my mom spoke English, but she didn't speak it well. She still has an accent till this day. And the fact that she physically looked very different than the people in the neighborhood, that didn't stop her. I remember her telling me a story that um, she wanted us to go to Catholic school because I guess in New York City at the time, you she didn't want to send her, her daughters, my sisters, and I wasn't even born yet to public school. She wanted to send them to Catholic school because I guess at that time it was better. So when they moved to Pennsylvania, they wanted to continue with that. And so when she got to that town and she was looking at Catholic schools, they were like, oh, your daughters need to go to this particular Catholic school. And my mother's like, why? This other one is closer. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, 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 your daughter should go to this one. And the one that they were sending my, going to send my sisters to was uh, some Italian Catholic school. And the other one was like a Irish German one. And apparently my sisters didn't fit in, in the Irish German one, but my mother was adamant that that's the one they're going to, because that's the one that's closer to our house. Yeah, and then eventually they went there. And then when I was born, I ended up going there, but it was very interesting because I didn't know that that was part of the story um, oh, at that wow. time. Yeah. So I don't know how my mother did it. Um, she and she almost didn't have a choice because when my father was working, my mom had to do everything. And so she was the one making all the decisions. And she was just like, yeah, this is a the school they're going to. And she joined the PTA with her accent and everything. She didn't care. Nice. She's like, you guys do well. That's it. That's all I ask you to do. Yeah. So it was interesting. And I remember some girls in school would be embarrassed to like see their mom. I loved seeing my mother in school. Like sometimes I'd see her like peering through the windows or the door, like in the middle of the day, it's like almost lunchtime or whatever. And I'd be like waving at her. And my friends were like, isn't that your mom? And I was like, yeah, isn't that awesome? I'm like, she's here. Like, she's here. And, and they were looking at me like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, that's my mom. She's visiting. This is all, you know? 
So that was always interesting to me. So my mom, yeah, I don't know how my mother did it. I, I truly wow. don't. Yeah, no, that's really good. That's mm-hmm. even brave, right? Mm-hmm. I, can, I can see that. As I hear you talk about your mom, what do you admire from her? Uh, uh, her courage, um, her tenacity, her not taking no for an answer. And I mean, I, I think that's uh, why I, not that I think I know that that's why I am the way I am because of her mm-hmm. good and bad, you know, whatever the good qualities are, yeah. whatever <laughs> not so good qualities are. I definitely have inherited them from her. And I think that that's definitely helped me forge ahead um, professionally and personally. Yeah, you're right. Strong women create strong little girls and strong women. <laughs> even, yeah. even though, yes, we're strong women, we all have the right to break sometimes. Of course. Right? You're human. Exactly. Exactly. And I think, you know, I've, I've received a lot of messages from different, you know, moms and saying it's real, so hard for them to put themselves first. It's always like the kids, the husband or something else. And then they're all the way in back. And I'm like, it's important to change that because we see that, right? Sometimes in, our, in the culture, everyone's different. Every family is different. Um, but what do you think about um, that mother that, or a Latina, even if they're not married or not mothers, uh, mm-hmm. that find it very difficult to put themselves first sometimes? You have to, you have to try. You have to find the happiness within to be able to make everybody else around you happy. So, and you can start small. It might be just something as little as, I don't know, spending a little bit more time outdoors, finding whatever that thing is that maybe made made you happy as a kid that could possibly continue to make you happy as an adult. Maybe it's just watching, I don't know, uh, a soap opera on TV, or maybe it's just reading a book or just, taking a walk outside, riding a bike, whatever the case may be, whatever it is, yeah. doing a crossword puzzle. If you can find that little bit of time for yourself and 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 that makes you happy, then I think other happiness will emanate and come from that. And your kids will see it. I think your husband will see it and everyone around you will see it. And I think it just makes, just makes for a, a, a happier home, if you will. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because yeah, I've always heard that the women are like um, the rocks, right? The center, like they're, yeah, they're like the rocks of the home. And as females, right? Like we will take the time to decorate. I don't know, maybe I know there's guys out there that can decorate, but like, it's more of like that touch of a female, you know, that's just like, yeah, I don't think guys can do that. <laughs> or the husbands, some can, some can't, you know, it varies. <laughs> yeah, and I also think, I mean, between a couple, there has to be that communication. There has to be. I work in the business of communication. So I'm I'm very clear actually with my husband about communicating, whether it's communicating about your feelings, communicating about whatever the case may be. You have to talk, you have to speak, you have to communicate somehow, some way. And in that, I think, um, again, that's just an other inroad to happiness. Um, I think it's I think it's good for people to be selfish a little bit mm-hmm. uh, in your family life. Find those things that make you happy. And again, and I, I think if you do that for yourself selfishly, the little things, yeah. I think that'll come out like overall with everybody. But communicate. Communication is key, 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 key. Yeah, you're so right, because sometimes we can't just assume that people know how we feel and what we think. You know, and it's important to vocalize. Like, calladitas no more. We're going to express it and set boundaries. And- yeah. You know, it's funny, though. When, when people always say, I, I, I see it on on social media a lot, how um, a lot of us are, um, it's the right way to say it, like, putting down the calladita se ve mas bonita. So I always had a different take on this. So for me, again, this goes back to my weirdness of thinking. Uh, for me, Galladita Se Me Mas Bonita was always taking the time to hear what somebody else has to say. It wasn't about me being quieted down and being told to be silent and be like a quiet, submissive person. Mm-hmm. To me, I always took it as listen to what people are telling you. Take the time to listen and not argue and like jump and be like the yeah. loudest in the room. Yeah. So lots of times when I see that on social media, you know, that's wrong. That saying, I was like, 
Depends on how you take it. De de depends on how you really read into it. When my mother used to tell me that, that's what she meant. And she explained it to me. She was like, be the smarter one. She's like, listen to what they're saying, digest it, and then respond. Yeah. It wasn't like, be quiet and don't say anything. Yes. So that to me has always been an interesting saying and, and yeah. how you interpret it. Perception's everything, you know? Yeah, no, I can totally see what you mean on, on both sides because it does depend how people say it. You yeah. know, when I see it, I think of like that permissive mother that showed that little girl to like, don't say anything because we have to people please because that's what our trauma, generational trauma has been handed down. Huh? That's the way I perceive it. But then, you know, you are saying, obviously, take, taking that time to like, okay, let, let me hear you out and let me, let me respond with wisdom, right? In that aspect. So I can see how those two can be seen in that manner. Yeah. I uh, think the majority of people see it the other way. Um, yeah. But I never did. I always saw it the secondary way. I don't know if that's what it was meant to be, but that's how I was always taught that it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. And I would, I would say, you know, I, cause I've never heard it that in that way. So that's no, no one ever does. Yeah. No. So and I like that. Yeah. And I, I just think it's interesting. I think sometimes people need to consider that saying, again, I don't, I don't no, know I think it was certainty that that's what it was meant to be. Maybe it actually was meant to be, Shh, be quiet. Don't say anything, mm -hmm. but that's not what I was taught or how I've ever. Yeah. yeah. I like that because it gets, you can see it in First a different, yeah, it's like a different perspective mm -hmm. and it's not being permissive and, and, you know, kind of going back what I was saying in regards to some, you know, female like Latinas that feel like, you know, it's hard for me to put myself first. Um, if you don't put yourself first, then you are going to just be very submissive and not speak up. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So and there's nothing wrong with putting yourself first. It's okay to be a little selfish. I think. Yeah, yeah that is so true. Yeah. No matter what culture says, society, religion, you know, cause that can very much interfere in, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, it's insane. Mm -hmm. You know, what's good for you. You got to do what's good for you first, mm -hmm. no matter what, no yeah. matter what society says, no matter what religion says, no matter what anything says, as long as it's legal. Yeah, exactly. As long as, yeah, I, I think you need to please and do what's good for you to make yourself happy. Cause I think you'll make everybody else around you happy. Yeah, that's true. So how do you take care of yourself, you know, with self-care? Do you make time for, is it challenging for you? Um, now it's become more challenging for me to make time for self-care than it has been before. I think it's from the pandemic, to be completely honest with you, because the whole work from home remote thing is great, has been great, but at the same time, it's been difficult to find a work-life balance when you're doing work remotely mm -hmm. because I'm the type of person, like I work really hard. So, you know, I'll get up, I'll be in front of the computer for the moment that I get up and it's like, and I'm like chained to the desk. I have to figure out how to like take myself away from that and mm -hmm. like make more time. I'm not good with that. Um, I have to figure that out. Yeah. Prior to the pandemic, I was better with it because I was a you know member of a gym. I oh. either go out work out during my lunchtime or go do workouts after work because that was like a nice way to like you know have time for yourself. And I you know don't have a, a killer body or anything like that, but it was just something nice for me that yeah. I would do. Just like I don't know, uh, doing exercise gives you like extra energy and gives you like a natural type of high. So I was like doing that. So that was how um, I would make time for myself. Now I have to figure out like a better uh, work-life yeah. balance. The remote work has been good in one sense because I've been slowly figuring out how to balance when I am home working to not be like a slave to the computer and to the yeah. desk for eight hours solid. Like, you know, it's okay to step away and maybe work out or shop, get groceries or do laundry or whatever the case may be. Cause it's like- why be chained to the desk for eight hours? Because that's what you're going to do when you're in the office too. And when you're in the office, you can't do any of those things that, you know, you get done at home. So yeah. that's what I've had to work on and be a little better at that post pandemic. And I also don't know 
if we're actually going back to the office 100%, like right now we're 70% in the office, 30% at home, which I really like and I hope they keep it that way. But yeah. if they don't, then I have to like readjust again and, and figure everything out. But yeah. outside of that, like every once in a blue moon, I try to go get massages or I just like try to stop take a nice walk outside. I'm able to do that here in New York City because in other places you got to drive, but at least oh. here you can, you know, you can walk around. Um, and that's not like where I grew up in Pennsylvania. You don't really walk around when I, when I am home visiting my mom. Yeah. I walk around and people like, look at me like, aren't you driving? Like, what's, what's this person doing walking around the neighborhood? And I'm like, you know, what? why is that? Why is that? I don't know. And I, I don't know. I think walking is great. I think it's, you know, a great <laughs> physical activity, but pe people think like, um, like, like, this is kind of strange. Like you might see kids playing in the street, but you don't really see adults walking around too much where I grew uh -huh. up. So over here, that's normal though. So yeah. I, I try to make it a point to do that. Just little things like that, but I have to work on that more. And the other thing I love to do is I love to go on vacations. That's another thing that I do oh, to make time okay. for myself. Learn about different people, learn about different cultures, appreciate yeah. it makes you appreciate where you are, where right. you live. And then you get to see how other people live, what they eat, how they speak, how they interact. And um, that's like another uh, interesting way that I do self-care. Yeah. yeah, that's good. I know I, I have um, also the, what is it? Global scholars. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is so awesome. Like, how did that start? Uh, it's just something I wanted to do. Uh, I saw people on social media posting travel content and some of the travel content just didn't have any useful information. So I was kind of like, huh, I can do this. I work in television. I should be able to put together video content. So I started small doing things called travel minutes. So I would give people um, useful information about where to go, um, oh, how to get there or what to do when they were there. And then as I was doing that, I was like, huh, you know, a lot of kids, especially a lot of kids of color, don't travel. They're afraid to study abroad. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to start doing something in that realm. And I just started doing it online first. And I had um, a bunch of episodes. And I was just like, let me see if I can make this to a half hour show. So it was an experiment, actually. Uh, back in 2018, I went to Cuba just to see if I could do this. Yeah. And I could, I didn't realize I could, but I did. And then um, the, that episode aired on PBS in 2019. Then in 2019, I went to South Korea and then I shot three more episodes and then that aired in PBS in 2021. And then I just went to Spain now, came back and then those episodes will probably air on PBS next year. So it just started growing and it grew and it's geared towards, it's, I don't always feature kids of color, but when I, cause it, I kind of feature whoever's on the, that particular trip, but yeah. it really is for, um, BIPOC kids who don't think travel is for them or who have never left the country. I want them to see other kids like them traveling mm -hmm. and see what those kids are getting out of it so that they hopefully in turn, you know, when they get to college or when they're in high school, they're like, you know what? I saw this show and these kids were traveling through Spain. It was really cool. And I want to see it for myself so they can see that they can get a scholarship for that. And they can go for, you know, a month, two weeks, a semester, whatever the case may be to said country and have similar type of experiences, because I think that will change their life and make them more of a global citizen. Yeah, that's right. They get to see like, wait a minute. He looks like me or she looks like me. Like, how does she do it? Let me find out. And they can Google it. And then I'm sure mm -hmm. so many people have, you know, have used your platform to get that inspiration to do that. Yes, yeah. Yeah. They reach out to you. Do they ever reach out to you to let you know? Sometimes. Um, so I've had different people tell me um, that they've gone to Cuba now, or they'll ask me, you know, how did you go? What do you do? You do you plan trips? And I'm like, no, I'm not a travel coordinator, but I get <laughs> you in touch with one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, poco a poco, like little by little, um, people have been reaching out to me, and then schools and programs have been reaching out to me, so I can cover their program. Uh, for instance, oh. the Spain program that I just went on, I didn't know anything about it. The program director reached out to me during the pandemic uh, because that's when they had started. Their first cohort was in okay. at the end of 2020 or the beginning of 2021. And I was kind of like, we're in the pandemic. I can't go anywhere. And she's like, no. She goes, we're traveling. And I was like, all right, when it's safe to travel, I'll 
cover your program. And yeah. I was supposed to go for their fall semester. And then I wasn't able to, because I had to go to a wedding. So I told her, I was like, okay, I'll definitely go in the spring. And I just went. And I was in an area in Spain called Vitoria. V-I-T-O-R-I-A. Vitoria, not Victoria. Yeah, exactly. And it's uh, the capital of Basque country. I had never heard of the city. I've been in Basque country before. Most people, when they go to the Basque area of Spain, they visit Bilbao. They visit San Sebastián. Mm. They visit an area called La Rioja, where they have the wines. This area, this city is a global green city. They care very much about the environment. Mm. They care very much about climate change. The UN has recognized them as a global city. And these students, these gap year students were traveling at that time in Vitoria. And it was a fabulous city. And I, I, I'm, 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 everybody I'm telling when I got back, I'm like, you guys have got to see this city. It was fantastic. Most people, when they go to Spain, they go to Madrid, they go to Barcelona, they go to Sevilla, wherever. Those cities are beautiful. But this city, for the food alone, mm. top notch. Oh, my God. So good, I bet. Yeah, that's like a foodie city. If you like to eat and you like to eat well, they have like six Michelin star restaurants. Oh, wow. They have like a lot of uh, medieval buildings and medieval structures. So if you're into that, they just, they had a lot. They had a lot to offer. They have this whole area that they call the Green Belt. That's like the systems of parks and stuff that you can bike ride or walk through. It was, it's just really interesting. It's an interesting city and it's worth visiting. Oh, wow. That's good. That is so Mm -hmm. nice. So you know, opening up your mind and exploring and sharing that, right? I always remember, I don't know why, I think it was Don Francisco from Sábado Gigante. He was, la televisión es una una pantalla hacia el mundo. Like, you know, you can go, you can watch it and live through it. It's like una pantalla al mundo. I always remember him saying that and it's so true, right? Yeah, I mean, that's part of the reason why I got into TV, because I knew there was a lack of representation there. And TV media is such a powerful tool. So the more of us that you see, the more of anyone, anyone sees that represents them or that looks like them. It it is. It is a lens to the whole world. And now with the advent of social media and computers, you remember they didn't have computers before. And then before that, there was no television. It was just radio. Before that, there was like silent pictures. You know what I mean? So how it's evolved with over like 100 years is incredible. And like the Gen Z people now, what they have now and and the information they have at their fingertips is very powerful. And to be able to see people you know, that look like them, that sound like them in any part of the world. That's a powerful thing. And people should use that for good and to teach and to inspire. At least that's what I've dedicated my career to, you know, and I think that's important. Yeah. You know, as you're saying that, um, what is the legacy you want to leave behind? Like, esa estampa, el impacto de, de ti. Yeah, um, she came, she saw, and she did the best that she could do. It's almost like the, the a take on that Vini Vidi Vici uh, yeah. Latin thing. I didn't conquer, but I came, I saw, and I did my very, very best. And yeah. it's just like, I just challenge everybody to always do the best that they can do, no matter what their circumstances yeah. are, no matter how hard things seem to be. It's just always important to just strive, strive to be the best that you can be. And don't compete with other people, compete with yourself, Mm -hmm. compete with yourself to be like the best person you could be. And that's what I've tried to do my whole life. And God willing, that's what I'll continue to do for X number of years more. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah, as you're saying that, it reminded me, um, because I follow the creator of Hot Flaming Cheetos, you know, Uh Okay, so I told him I adopted him as my tío, and I'm like, you're my tío, and he's like, all right, thank you. So, we, like, we've been communicating, and um, but he posted something that I had told him, like, oh my god, like, thank you for that because, um, he said a lot of people are going around chasing money, and he said that's not that that's not a, you're never gonna feel fulfilled. So he said, um. Follow that passion, work on your passion and the money will follow you. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That like, I was like, oh my God, I love that. You know? And as you're sharing, give, leaving that legacy for yourself, you did what you want and you know, you're, you're doing it. 
So that's yeah. really a great an example for, you know, in the community for Latinas. Yeah, no, I think it, and it starts, it can start when you're young. I mean, not everybody is going to be great at everything they do. Mm-hmm. You know, some people are lucky. Some people can compete in a sport and be excellent and be district champion, state champion, whatever. Not everybody has a skill set like that. But if you set a goal for yourself and you achieve it, that sense of pride, no matter how lofty or how small that goal is, yeah. it's going to make you feel good about yourself. And then you're going to try again and try to achieve another goal. And you're going to hit that goal. And you keep going and you keep going, you keep going, you keep trying and you keep doing your very best. That's all you can really ask of yourself, you know? And the thing is, there are people who have a lot of money and make a lot of money, but they're not happy because whatever it is they're searching for, they're not finding it and it's not completing them. But if there are other things that you're searching for um, or that you want to do, and then if you meet those expectations, that'll make you happy. Mm-hmm. And then, and at the end of the day, that's what I think everybody wants. Yeah, money's nice and everything, but I think happiness is like the main goal. I think happiness, happiness, it makes you richer because you're richer, like emotionally, you're richer physically, you're richer yeah. in many other ways that money can't fulfill, even though money is like a physical richness. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Some people say, yeah, it brings me happiness, but it's temp. And it's like, well, is it really, <laughs> you know, but um, I had read something that said joy is one of the most feared emotions in a human being. And I'm like, wow. And I was like, let me read that again. And I'm like, joy is the most feared emotion. So uh, digging into it a little bit more, I ended up finding out that um, when someone feels that genuine joy, because joy comes within happiness, you know, we can bring happiness, like have family, but like the work that we do within can bring joy. And if we don't, uh, once we feel the joy, sometimes those negative thoughts, those intrusive thoughts will say like, it's a matter of time for something wrong to happen and being very careful and not like, and not putting ourselves in that space, but to be like, no, I deserve it. Why not? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Um, some of the most joyous moments I've had in my life are things that I hoped would happen. I wasn't sure if it would happen, but I worked really, really hard and then it did happen. And then you just end up like me. I just end up crying. I'm like, I can't believe this happened. But it's, and I'm crying tears of joy because yeah. I'm, you know, very happy. Yeah. But um, I've never once thought that, oh, this is going to be a fleeting moment. Because for me, it's again, it goes back to, well, I'm going to create something else that I'll achieve and then I'll have that moment again. Mm-hmm. And, and you can live in that moment of joy or moment of achievement for quite some time because you can look back at it and be like, you know what? I did that. I'm proud of myself. And and that takes you far. And then once I guess that uh feeling of of joy and, and achievement goes away, then you just set up another one. Yeah. Another goal. And then you, you achieve that one. So for me, it, it I think that's how you conquer that. You just constantly set those goals, those parameters that you're going to get to and that, and that you achieve. And then you can consistently have those feelings and those achievements yeah. and be like proud and happy of yourself. And if you have kids and they see that, that you're doing that and then you're making that happen, they're going to do it too. Yeah. That is so true. You know, it's definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true because when they see that modeling, you know, I used to teach parenting classes and um, in the groups, I would say it's not about what you tell your child; it's about what you model to them, right? But if they see that consistency in them, so it's like awesome. Yeah, yeah. what monkey see, monkey do. There you go. <laughs> El que changuito ve, ¿cómo se dice en español eso? I know, right? I'm like... <laughs> El changuito que ve, el changuito que hace, so que hace, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, we're, I'm hearing everything that you're you're saying, and as you're speaking, you know, like it's that confidence that you have, and I just see, like, I don't know why I visualized this right now when you were talking, but it was like, you know, I have to tell her, like, you are a leader. Oh, you're a leader. And even though, like I always say, there's Latinas all over, estamos regadas, pero unidas kind of thing. 
um, we're right behind you, right next to you, you know, supporting you and everything. I mean, for me, you I have my support in any way I can with what I can, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, it's really awesome what you do and that all that work that you say, you know, you, you did it, you know, I'm sure there was times where it was like, oh my God, but you pushed through and you made it happen. Yeah. And I mean, and there's still times like that. There's still times where you're just like, oh, what am I doing this for? Is anybody watching? But people are watching. Yes. Oh my God, that's so true. And that's the thing. And and (laughs) so nice about it, because I'm sure when you're doing these conversations, you're like, ah, do I really want to do this today? Do I really want to edit this down? You know, I'm like, ah, I got other stuff I got to do. But you you are reaching an audience. You're you're, going to reach that one person and that's going to make a difference in that one person's life. Then it's worth doing then you're doing your job and you're doing it right. It's worth it. Yeah. You're so right. Cause sometimes I've been there where it's like, I are, do people really care? And then I get a message here, like in there. And I'm like, Oh my God, you got an MSW degree because you never heard of a Chicana therapist and they thank me. I'm like, Oh my God, like, awesome. Let's keep moving forward. You know? I mean, we matter mm-hmm. every, we all matter and we're all making a difference in different people's lives. You know, we're, we're not all going to be, household names we're not all going to be j-lo sama hayek jen ortega we're not all going to be there but that's okay that's all right because we're all affecting one another lot one another's lives even in like the smallest sense because that small sense isn't small it's a big deal for somebody else Mm -hmm. so you have to always kind of you know keep that in mind i think that's true yeah no thank you for that and what are two or three you know, advice that you can give to the listeners when it comes to achieving great things. Cause you, you've, you've been there, you've done that, you know, thriving. And sometimes it's really hard for like what we were talking about earlier, right? Latinas that feel like they don't belong and they doubt themselves. Um, but what two or three advice um, would you share to mm-hmm. them as a way to motivate them? Well, my, my biggest one and my main one, and this is the one I've always lived my life on is there's, and maybe you've heard the saying before, there's three types of people in this world. There are those that watch things happen. There are those that make things happen. And there are those that say, what happened? Which person do you want to be? Do you want to be that person who's like, oh, what happened? Oh, they didn't want me because of this. They didn't want me because of that. Oh, oh, I'm going to watch this person taking, oh, that's nice. They got that. I wish that would happen for me. Or are you going to take the bull by the horns and make something happen? Make something for yourself. Make something for your family. Make yourself proud. Make yourself happy. That's that's the biggest piece of advice that I can give anyone, whether they're Latino or not. It's just like make something happen in your life. And and that's different things for different people. Um, It could just be, uh, I don't know, getting an A on a test to finishing a task, to getting a certificate, mm-hmm. to, I, I, I don't know, it, it, it could be any number of things. It doesn't have to be something grand. It can start small, but it's making something happen, not watching other people making things happen for self themselves, not saying to my, yourself, oh, why didn't that happen for me? Poor me. I'm Latina. That's why I didn't get it. No. No, make something happen for yourself because you deserve it, because you earned it, because you should. And why not? So that that's the main piece of advice. That's that's what I've always lived by. Make things happen for yourself. Keep pushing yourself forward. Yeah, that's so true. I like how you said it in that manner, you know, because it's it's where do I fall into those three categories? And it's like if for you, the listener obviously are like oh my goodness I've been the one that's been watching and just kind of like just not doing anything then it's time it's time to ponte las pilas and just like like you said start small start small and it's not easy I'm not saying it's going to be an easy thing to to achieve whatever you're going to achieve in life but like I said, if you start small and you make like baby goals and you achieve those then you make a little bit bigger and then like medium size and like medium to large and then large to extra large and large to extra extra large, you know, and you kind of keep moving up, but you have to start small and and you got to work hard because nothing that's ever worth anything in life is not going to come without, you know, hard work. 
Um, like I said, if you start small and you put a little bit of effort and you see a positive result, then you're going to keep wanting to forge ahead. But you have to like keep trying because sometimes things don't work out how you want them to work out, but that's okay. Because that's just life and that's just what happens, but that shouldn't stop you from moving ahead. But like I said, yeah, you know, don't make excuses. Don't watch other people. Don't compare yourself to other people. Don't blame yourself uh, because you're Latina and that's why you didn't get this. Oh, they didn't hire me because I have an accent. Oh, they didn't hire me because I'm brown. Oh, no. Make them hire you because you're the best. Make them hire you because you're different. Make them hire you because you're unique and because you're you. Yeah. Nobody's like you, right? You're, you're the only person that's you. And that's why you should be able to get to wherever it is that you want to go because you're you. Yeah, that's true. There's no other. There's no other person like you. Yeah. And I think we forget that as human beings, right? Yeah. yeah and you should be proud of that. You're unique. Yeah. yeah. Definitely leaving that little unique stamp into this world uh -huh. through social media. Like, thank God it has its pros and cons, but it's really awesome <laughs> at some extent. Yeah. 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 No, but, you know, thank you. And that was the advice because of a Latina, you know, you received an Emmy, you know, for that. Right. So that's like badass right there. Thank you. No, so <laughs> I admire you for that for sure. Yeah. But Thank you so much for making the time. I know you're in New York. It's like 10 p.m. I don't know if it's 11. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what time is it? I'll tell you what time it's now. Right now it is 10.51. Okay. Yeah, oh, man. Almost 11. Almost 11. Yeah. No, no. But this has been a pleasure to do this. Um, what yeah. you're, the work that you're doing is very important. Um, you, you have important people that you're speaking to and you have, you're, you're touching your listeners in a way that I think you probably don't even realize. So yeah. keep forging ahead with that and keep doing what you're doing because what you're doing is important and it's making a difference. It's definitely oh. making a difference for people. Oh, thank you so much. I, it's welcome. nice to hear that. <laughs> definitely. But I, we wish you the best in everything that you do. We're right behind you, um, you know, and where can they find you on social media? You can find me on social media, all Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. They're all the same at Tina Beth Pina. Um, but obviously without the, the tilde, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're yeah, not there yet. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We're not there yet, but it's all the same. And then from those sites, you'll find like Latinas and Globe Scholars and stuff and whatever else I end up. Yeah. Up. Cause you're going to keep doing more stuff. Oh, of course. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'll also add it on the notes, but thank you Chicana and Latina moms for listening. Wish you guys all the best and stay tuned for more. Adios. Gracias por escuchar. Thank you so much for tuning in the Chicana and Latina Moms podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Chicana underscore Latina Moms podcast. And also don't forget to leave a review. Gracias.